Today's episode of the Not That Great Podcast is our yearly, and I'm not sure if it's yearly, I think it might be, I think we might have skipped a year, but, or one year we were late, um, but whatever. This year we're early, very early. Uh, pitchers and catchers are reported, so it's our yearly, I'm just going to keep calling it yearly, MLB preview. Matt Fox, our lead baseball analyst, new baseball guy, Peter Longo, um, apparently, um, from what I've been told and what you'll hear, as as good a mind as Matt Fox, which is surprising because he's an he's an actual zygote, folks. He is negative four years old, by far the most most youngest infant-like person on this podcast. Um, but him and Matt break down everything you could possibly hope to have have covered in a MLB preview. Who's going to win each division? Recent signings. They talk about Tatis. Um, and other um, pre-arbitration eligible deals and who's going to win the World Series, who's going to win your major awards. It's, it's, it's the complete package that you come to expect from the Not That Great podcast. Complete package. We got rotating talent. You never know who's going to show up for certain stuff. You never know who's going to lend some expertise. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep this rolling. We're on week number four in a row and try to keep going on week number five. And then six. And then at some point we'll take a break, but hopefully we'll, we'll come back. You know what I mean? Um, but the idea of rotating everybody is to try to get an, an episodes out every week. We're doing a good job of that so far. You guys are doing a good job of listening, so keep doing what you can for the podcast. Liking, subscribing, five-star rating, sharing, telling your friends. Follow us on your podcast platforms. Follow us on Instagram at NotThatGreatPod. Follow us on Facebook at NotThatGreat. Okay? Keep it up. And we're going to keep it up. So MLB preview right now. Quick intro today. My kid's trying to fall asleep and I'm being loud. So Moose and Desi in the house for our MLB preview. Let's go. Make it a double. I can take it another. Get so hard to chase it. Live up to. Yeah, it slides away when you're running. Like my Uncle David who never lived to Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. My name is Matt Fox, and I am your active host for the afternoon, evening, whatever time you're listening to this. It is one of my favorite hours of the year. It is our annual MLB um, prep preview. Today with me, I have making his podcasting debut, Mr. Peter Longo. Peter is our newest baseball analyst. Peter, how are you doing today? Matt, thank you very much. And I am thrilled to be talking about baseball. I have so much useless baseball knowledge in my head that I can't wait to just spout out and get out there. Well, I love that. And I, and I know our listeners do too. Um, it's a good time to. It's a good time of the year. It's uh, pitchers and catchers reported yesterday. Exactly. It's official start of baseball season. I'm ready to go. Oh, I love it. All right. Well, so the way I feel like the next hour is going to go down is uh, we're just going to talk about some storylines that you uh, are excited for or think are in any way noteworthy um, for the coming year. We're going to do some predictions. Um, 
based on divisions and then you know the postseason plus awards uh and then well and then and then get into some awards uh all the while whatever pops up pops up let's go so, for it i love it all right ladies and gentlemen we are gonna we're gonna just jump right in everyone always talks about the ale so let's 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 leave that one for later um, I would say, yeah, let's let's go on to us let's go into a division people i feel like should talk about more and that's going to be the the al central i love the al central between what, uh, what, what are you thinking for the al central this year i think the twins still even though the white sox have all the pieces i feel like it's still the twins division to lose they kenta maeda is a great great starter at the top of that rotation and the pitching is always the pitching is going to be good again this year the offense is going to be explosive again the white Sox have made so many moves to become relevant i we're not going to i don't want to go into tony la Russa too much because that can that could snowball but other than that they've made so many moves to improve like ground like catching with grand all making sure that they have their rookies and Jimenez, Abreu, all these young stars that are going to just flourish. And I think it's going to be a very tight race. The Indians are always a threat. I know they don't have Lindor anymore. They still, they still have Jose Ramirez, who is still a top five, top ten player in the league. They're going to have a great team. I know they don't have Bauer anymore. They don't have Clevenger. They don't have all these. They don't have Carrasco anymore. The pitching's their question mark. But the Indians are still a player in the division. The AL Central is going to be a tight race. It's going to be a very tight race. That was one of my questions. Uh, Cleveland, they've lost everyone that you just mentioned. Um, and on top of that, um, they also lost Corey Kluber. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was on the. It followed from the from the absolute favorite three years ago, two years ago, to now being in my rankings. I have him third, and just barely over a five hundred team. Well, you got to remember they have certain pitcher at the top of that rotation named Shane Bieber. He's so good. He's he, so good. He did not have the best playoff performance against a certain AL East team who I will love to talk about later. But his regular season, I mean, my God, what he was able to do in 2020. It was it was so impressive that I wanted to retroactively go back a couple of years and give him the rookie of the year. Yeah, like he's so dominant. And his, I, I think just the nerves of the postseason got to him. I really think that's all it was. The going up against Garrett Cole, that's a tall task for anybody. And the Yankees, and granted it was in Cleveland, but still, it's you know, as a young pitcher just coming off all this weight on your shoulders, it was his game to lose. It wasn't anything for Garrett. Like Garrett Cole is just another day in, day in the office for him. And I think he's going to come back with a little chip on his shoulder, want to prove people wrong in the playoffs. So, I mean, I think he's good for 20 wins this year. 20 wins, that's a tall task, but uh, I actually agree with you. I think he's, I think he's got it in his arm. He's, he's got it in his arm, and he's got the talent. Yeah. He's got the pitches. He's got the secondary pitches to be a 20-game winner. I don't know if he's going to win the Cy Young, 
but I think he's going to be a 20-game winner. We Pitching is going to be good this year because all these arms are rested. They all pitched half a year. That's a, a an incredibly underappreciated uh, point that they've – catchers and pitchers, the two uh, positions that you need the most rest. Yep. And at the end of a long season, that really takes a toll. They got this extra almost a year to, to really put put the time in and, and get their bodies right. And they got and half a workload. Thinking Buster Posey of uh, not to switch leagues or anything like that. Yeah. Actually, thinking I should I, I used to think he should have retired when he stepped off the stage, but there's a chance he could come back. Not nearly as but but actually a functional player, which is something that I didn't think was possible before. All these uh, guys. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't want to belabor the NL or the AL Central beyond no. beyond you know the top three. The bottom, KC sub five hundred, and only notable is that the and then the Tigers. I mean, the Tigers are just there. I saw Fangraphs gave the Tigers like a 0.02 percent chance of making the playoffs. Only only topped by Baltimore's 0.0 chances of making the the postseason. <laughs> I, I mean when you're playing like t- players on the tigers this year all they're gonna be are they're gonna be half your players on the tigers matthew boyd probably gonna get traded at the deadline michael fulmer probably gonna get traded at the deadline arena probably i mean i'm just listing off pitchers right now but all these those guys are probably gonna get traded at the deadline yeah it, it, it's, all these guys are gonna do good into like, you know, some of these guys are going to do good individually to get off, but after that, there's no, the Royals. Exactly. So, moving a little west now. Everyone, everyone loves the AL West. They they love Houston, perennial, whatever. I personally, this year, have Oakland finishing higher than the Astros. I don't know if that's a controversial take, but. Um, I love Oakland's setup this year. I think that they are primed for, for the long run. Um, what about you? What are you thinking for Houston, well, Houston, LA, Seattle? What? Oakland's big loss, I'm going to go off that, obviously, was Marcus Simeon. They lose their all-star shortstop. They get Elvis Andrews, but that's not Marcus Simeon. I mean, <laughs> that guy was insane. So that's a huge – those are huge shoes to fill. Obviously, Elvis Andrews can do it, but not to that caliber. Matt Chapman, Matt Olson, they they got the corners filled. Pitching's going to be okay. Lizardo, Lizardo's going to going to have a breakout year. He's going to have a breakout year. He's going to be, you know, he's going to probably end up being their number one, number two starter. But other than that, I mean, it's it's going to be that's another tight one. I mean, because Houston, they lost George Springer. Wait, people really got to look at that. They lost George Springer. And I'm curious to see how Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, because let's be honest, they turned it on at the end to get into the, to make their little put, to make their postseason run. But I'm curious to see what happens now because everyone's going to have fans. People are going to be heckling at them now. And it's a full season. And I'm curious to see how they react now with, I mean, like games in New York, games in, you know, cities where these teams, Got screwed over by them. I totally, I, I agree. I almost think that for those purposes, 
what we were expecting in 2020 because it was a shortened pandemic season, no fans. Yeah. They, this year is is almost as if no time has passed as elapsed since this yes. game happened. I think that it's there. The fans are going to come out with a vengeance, in, in in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, not every team like it would have been if 2020 was normal. If 2020 was normal, it would have been just a riot everywhere. 2021, it's going to be the teams that they screwed over. It's going to be the teams that were in the that remember it. It's going to be the Boston's. It's going to be the New York's. If they play the Dodgers this year, which I'm assuming they do, those kind of teams. Even though the Dodgers got their they got their victory, they got their World Series. They should have had two. <laughs> I'm just here's my question. I nothing nothing about last year mm-hmm. was normal. No, I'm I'm. I hold their World Series title as a legit World Series title, but then looking back, it's there are questions because everyone everyone played the same amount of 60, 60 games, except I think the Marlins will make up those eighteen games in full. Yeah, yeah um, and St. Louis, St. Louis, St. Louis had, lost a couple. Miami lost a couple, and someone else did and i forget off the top of my head shockingly though that's that's pretty amazing that during the pandemic those were the only teams that had major major issues and the and the season was able to go on but my point being is that do we look at the award winners and or the teams that the team that won in any sort of light different than um, and i'm not saying i believe that we should award winners no i think even something as simple, I mean, you, you got to play great regardless. Freddie Freeman fully deserves an MVP. I mean, it, he should have won any point in his career. So that I don't hold against him. Jose Abreu had a fantastic – I mean, you still got to be able to hit the baseball, whether it's over 60 games or 162 games. Still got to be able to hit the baseball. Pitcher, you still have to – I guess it helped them a little bit with the shortened season. You know, teams other than the Tampa Bay Rays, they're able to, you know, go a little deeper into the game, um, able to kind of let let it loose. So I think you're going to see some starters who are averaging 98, 99 on the fastball off the gas a little bit this year just because they have to last the full season again. And that's – but it's going to be that weird argument between they had rest, they had to play less games – is their body conditioned for it? Exactly. And I think this is where those guys who do the extra baseball normally are going to kind of be better off this year. Like the guys who did the Dominican League, the guys who do all that, I think are going to be coming into better form because more people did the Dominican League than normal because they needed a little bit more baseball. I totally agree. They the the people who played in the Dominican just they never had a stop. They're almost having a full season. Yeah. And as long as as long as they're able, they're maintaining some sort of balance between rest and play. Then they should be seamlessly, you know, integrated right into this season into twenty twenty one. The um, only question mark I'll put on that was Clayton Kershaw because we all know. Yeah. Yeah. Only I. I Absolute generational talent, but I think the rest helped him perform in the playoffs. First ballot, everything. I think he's 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 a number three starter now. Maybe, maybe number four. I mean, on their on their staff, I think he's the number three right now. But 
Do we think he's number three? Do we think he's? Do we think he's? That's his arm. Is number three arm? I think it's number four arm at this point. Uh, he still has the best. Yeah, if, if you look at if you put him on any other team, he'd be a number four. But you can't put him behind David Price or Dustin May. I know you're. you're <laughs> but then again, so jumping from west to west, why don't we? Why don't we take that? And oh, <laughs> AL West to the NL West now. Uh, we have one of so. Just, just a quick aside for the listeners. Uh, I favor one AL East team, and Peter favors another AL East team. You can figure out the two, but I'm not sure if you understand if you if you can guess the affiliations exactly. Peter's holding up his his team sweatshirt. Um, I think that there might be a new rival for the rivalry. I think that the there's a developing, burgeoning rivalry out west in the NL West specifically that I think could unseat the Yanks and the Red Sox as the best uh, rivalry in, in, in baseball. I think that they, I think that, that that the teams are primed, and there's there's just the greatness versus the young upstart, tons of talent. What do you think, Peter? I think you're a hundred percent correct. The time of Dodgers and Giants is over for right now. The Giants are in rebuild. Other than Mikey Stramski and Buster Posey, there's no real reason to go watch a game. There's no real reason to go watch a game up in San Francisco. I think with how aggressive San Diego was this offseason, I mean, I I have their lineups in front of me right now. And Musgrove, Darvish, Blake Snell, they still have Mike Clevenger on the roster, even though he's not going to pitch, but like another fantastic name to add to that. Then, I mean, we can go and talk about how great Fernando Tatis Jr. is and that signing, which I think is a fantastic team deal. He is locked up for 14 years. And I mean, again, this is thinking way in the future. That's a tradable deal down the road. If something, if they were to implode or anything, that's a great team deal to get out of. They really didn't do much to the Padres didn't do much to the offense in terms of signing big names, making a lot of trades. It's the pitching they went after. They shirt up that staff. Snell Darvish additions. I mean, that those are two great, great additions on any staff. We're about to see a new Blake Snell. I totally agree. A, a, a rejuvenated Blake Snell, Blake Snell, I'd say. Because I think he asked, they're never. I don't. This I don't think they're ever going to make that public. But I think he's like, if this is how you're going to treat me, game five of the World Series, you're going to pull me in the fifth inning. That was the biggest pull I've seen in in years. It was insane. That shocked Kevin Cash. I love Kevin Cash, but that was insane. That's where the analytics needs to stop. In the World Series, if your ace, your everything, your number one starter is cruising through five. And he lets a runner on. Why are you going to pull him? <laughs> I told you, it, 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 it baffled me then. It baffles me now. Like that loss. That was the tie. That was the turn of the whole series when they pulled him right then and there. The Rays didn't stand a chance because now you're taking a, the Dodgers were happy to see him go. They're like, great. Put in literally anyone else. We can't touch Blake Snell. Put in literally anyone else. And they did that. Did you see the 
that Blake Snell, I guess, when the Red Sox traded Mookie to the Dodgers, Blake Snell went on Twitter and publicly thanked the Red Sox for doing that. So because, yeah. Yeah. Then now he he had to publicly rescind that yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Or, 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 you know, I'm not sure when he did it in the last couple of weeks, but after being traded to the Padres, now having to face Mookie almost even more. um, Oh, yeah. Just just as much. He... uh, Face Mookie more, and the games will mean more when they when he faces Mookie. Each game they play means something now. Tampa playing Boston meant a little bit towards the end of the season. From all the games they're going to play, all 19 games or 20 games they're going to play together this season, each and every one is going to be dissected fully, mean everything, and this is the new rivalry. This is the big rivalry, and it's going to be a couple of years. It's going to be a few years of this. So we mentioned we mentioned Tatis uh, a little bit in the signing that which just happened. So for people listening at home, the signing happened yesterday. We're recording on a Friday. The signing happened on a Thursday, and it was, I think, as everyone knows by now, fourteen years, three three hundred forty million. It was a pre-arb deal, though. So those in the in the past couple of years have been picking up steam and, and gaining a lot of popularity. Yeah. I have a list here of, of some other pre-arb deals uh, of late. And I just want to get, you, get your thoughts on just the, the total list I'm going to go through and then what you think the future is for people like Soto who are, who are next in line for this. Yeah. But in the past five years, six years, we've had Yelich when he was on the Marlins, he signed a seven-year $49.5 million deal. That's before... He he got last year when once that yeah, deal he got his extension he got the 200, 188 or two hundred million dollars whatever. Yeah. Um, Acuna in twenty nineteen signed eight for one hundred million, which I thought was yes. a good deal both for player and team. Absolute robbery. Albies, <laughs> Albies then saw that and and signed a seven year thirty five million dollar deal, which his I, agent needs to be fired. Because it has two team options at the end, too. Uh, Bregman, five for 100. And then Tatis, 14, 340. What are, what are we thinking about? Because pre-arb deals, they, they, weren't, they weren't considered smart by a team from a team standard for the longest time. It doesn't make sense when you think about it conceptually because they have these players completely under control at their lowest possible yeah. leverage points. Um, but now, in order to keep someone down the road, like what the Red Sox had to deal with with Mookie, you have to do it way before it is even a conversation about a, a free agent. Or you pretty much have to surprise the player. Exactly. I, I honestly think that that is – now we have uh, – so between the largest contracts in the sport, we had Trout at 430, we had Mookie at – Three fifty, I want to say. I'm not. I don't. Three sixty. It wasn't. It was something like that. Yeah. And, and and we got Tatis. We got Manny Machado. Tatis and Manny Machado have the same agent. Yeah. That that agent. I'm just gonna go out and say is awesome because <laughs> these are great deals, both from the team side and from the player side. The players instantly rich for generations. Yeah. Now, 
the question becomes, Soto has more, has more playing time under his belt, is one of the best hitters in the league already at 21, 22. Just pure hitter. He's a pure hitter. He, people compare him to early Ted Williams. That's how good this is. And yeah. it's not exaggeration. What do you think someone like a Juan Soto is looking at? And when do you think he's looking at signing something? Juan Soto is an interesting one because of how young he broke into the league. It was always interesting to me because now teams are like kind of they, – they want to hold these guys a little bit more in the minors, especially teams like – you know, especially these bigger market teams that can just buy the big free agent instead of bringing their stud up at 19, 18, 20. And they brought Soto up. Now, Soto clearly proved he belonged. He was – just playing around in the minors. He wasn't even trying and he was doing great. And he comes to the majors and I love his cockiness, the Soto shuffle, the, his ability to work counts, his eye where he just, he knows it's a strike. He knows it's a ball at, at such a young age. He, some of the takes he has, you're just like, you, you can't see that. How did you know? There's no, you feel like it's insane. Soto, he's quieter. He's a quieter superstar in in terms of, like, the media doesn't talk about him as much. Like, Ronald Acuna Jr. came up, everyone was on top of it. Tatis Jr. came everyone was on top of that. Even someone like Vlad Guerrero Jr., who still has improvements to make, everyone was on top of it. Juan Soto came up, and it was like, he's 20. Let's see what he can do. And that was that. And then his Soto shuffle made him, I think, more famous than anything right now. I think you're right. I think that <laughs> he's he's a he's a he's a quiet superstar. He's jacked beyond all belief, and he just straight hits. He like, just knows how to. He has a sweet lefty bat, gorgeous swing. That I think what's going to unfortunately happen is the Nationals. They didn't sign Rendon. They still have that Scherzer contract, Strasburg's contract. I don't know if they're going to come at him massively. I think they're going to. I think they're going to go the arbitration route with him. I feel like they're going to. I don't know. I feel like the Nationals aren't going to spend the money. I um, think they. I mean, they've got the change. They got the. They got the purse for it, but I don't think they're going to spend it. I. I I, I hope you're not right there. I, I want you to be not right. I want you to be I want you to be wrong only because I want to see what this kid can do when he's fully locked up and doesn't have to care about Oh I know. But I also kind of want to see him hit the open market and see what happens. <laughs> it would be, it, that that would be pretty pretty amazing. I mean, I want to see him hit the market because again the Nationals they got their World Series. They paid Strasburg, who I think of anyone on that team, they should have paid the whole time. Because, I mean, God, what he did that year in the playoffs. Um, they let Rendon go, which I think was a mistake. But, again, they, they had to pay Strasburg. Uh, Patrick Corbin, I did. I still do like that signing because it's that's an undervalued player. He deserves a little bit more. He's a fantastic lefty arm. Totally agree. Totally agree. But what all this has shown is they'll pay the pitcher before the player. And 
they're going to look at his youth because he broke in so young. It's going to be, I forget the, the, the rules with arbitration and everything and how many years, but he's going to still be very young. Like he's 21, 22, going to be 23 this year. And all these other players we're talking Soto, about. Soto's, Soto's 21 turning 22. Okay, yeah, 21, 22. These guys are 22, 23 turning 24, 25. It's amazing. And so we're talking about a couple more years on them. But all the Nationals have shown is they'll pay – they didn't pay Harper. Again, not saying that Harper deserved it all, but they passed on him. They didn't pay Rendon, but they've paid Corbin. They've paid Scherzer. They've paid Strasburg. Yeah. I, I think also where the AAV of a contract is, is only going up. I mean, we've seen it trend upwards pretty linearly over the past decade, but it's starting to actually, I think, become an ex- exponential upgrade, uh, upturn. These by the end of like a Tatis contract, not even by, by the end. Within four years, the the best players are going to be making at least forty million a year. Yeah, well, Tatis' annual value isn't that much, and that's the great part about their contract. It's twenty four. It locks him in for fourteen years at around twenty four, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that's power already got already broke the forty million dollar um, a year range because. His contract is front loaded for forty and forty five. That just shows where contracts are going to go in the future. And they've locked him up for fourteen more years at an affordable, yeah, according to the prices now. That's only going to become more affordable down uh, more. Uh, and if there's an implosion in the team and they need to rebuild, that's a tradable contract for a every year all star. It's going to be, uh, believe me. Once we get through the rest of the divisions, which we can, you know, breeze through, I guess, at this point, yeah. we have, I would love to get to the, the free agents uh, shortstops because Tatis is, is not just one of the best players in baseball. He's one of the best players in baseball at a key position, shortstop. There are some of the best shortstops in the game hitting not arbitration, but just free agency. Pure, pure free agency. And it is going to be fun as hell to watch. I guess why right now, because I'm bringing it up, we might as well just dive in really quickly. Correa, Lindor, Trevor Story, Corey Seager, and Javi Baez. All free agents. And each team that has them are big market teams and can spend once they lose a free once they lose a shortstop. You know what's scary about that list? Think about it for a second. Out of all those players you named, Trevor Story and Corey Seager are towards the bottom of that list. It's, and they're, That's it's, terrifying it's, to think about. You can get Corey Seager for a bargain. That's unbelievable. I mean, and he, he, he was in consideration for World Series MVP. I mean, he turned it on. Mm-hmm. He is so good. <laughs> and Trevor Story is going to come with the – like every other Rockies player that left. And I think it's going to hit him more than anything because he was a power hitting shortstop. Now, yes, he was hitting bombs, but I, his more, he was hitting, he, his, his game is power. His hitting is power. DJ LeMahieu left. He's just a hitter. He was, I was never worried about DJ LeMahieu. Nolan Arenado, 
he's just a hitter. I'm not worried about him in St. Louis. Also love that deal, but not worried about him in St. Louis because he he's just a hitter. Well, on that note, with with Arenado, the face of the Rockies, signing this massive deal to be to continue to be in the face of the Rockies for years to come, mm-hmm. gets traded. The, the 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 relationships falls apart, gets traded, on top of the Colorado stigma that you were just talking about for Trevor Story. Does that affect him wanting to possibly come back and sign where they're going to throw money at him? Would he not want to because he's seen what the face of the franchise can go through? No. I also love him in St. Louis for one reason only. Teams like in all the major sports, there's the core group of teams that everyone just kind of knows about in some regard. And the Cardinals are on that list for baseball. And when teams like that are good, the sport is better. And – you can now match him up on the opposite side of the diamond from Paul Goldschmidt, which I think is beautiful. There's not a ball that's going to leave that infield anymore. If you like baseball and you like defense, it is a time to watch them. It's, mm-hmm. it's really exciting. It's essentially the NL version of the Oakland Athletics. Yep. With Olsen and Chapman. Yep. All right, so speaking of divisions, getting back to it, NL Central, uh, we, got, we got St. Louis, Milwaukee, Chicago in the top three. I think St. Louis is – Is a sweep to win. They're, yeah. they're head and shoulders above. They're not – the Cubs are on their way down. That rivalry is dead for right now. Milwaukee plummeted. It's, it's the Cardinals. There's no real discussion about it. It's – unless injuries happen – I mean, you have Jack Flaherty, who's now your number two starter. That's insane. <laughs> and then, yeah. You have Jack Flaherty as your number two starter, who was just your ace. I mean. <laughs> it, it is it is pretty scary when you think about it. It's, it's pretty amazing. I love Jack Flaherty, too. He's he's a great social media presence if you guys uh, don't follow him. Not nearly as good as someone like Trevor Story, but yeah, the dude cares, and he's, and he's active in a lot of off-field uh, activism, which is great. And they got and they got Yachty back, and Jordan Hicks is coming back. <laughs> Dude throws a hundred and one with such a hundred and three with ease. Hundred and one. Get out of here! I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to deprive him of those. But yeah, hundred and three. He's got the fastest pitch right now. I know. So I love going in. MLB has this filter on when you go to their Statcast page. And it has the Araldis Chapman filter. It's mm-hmm. going to be renamed for the fastest pitches because you had to t- you had to hit the filter to even get to anyone that wasn't Araldis Chapman for years. Yeah, it's going to be like now you don't need a filter because everyone else is peppered in at 103, 102, 101. Someone's got one in there. It's insane. Speaking of pitchers, uh, well, no, I'll get to that later. Um, and at least. My favorite division right now. Oh, this is a fun one. This is is a fun one. It's so much fun last year, so much fun this year. So I think that Atlanta won it last year. I think they're the best team in the division. But honestly, as stupid as this sounded, would have sounded three years ago, I think the Mets are going to make a run. I think they've got a chance. I I have their page pulled up already. 
And let's look at their starting rotation. Oh, no. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom, Carlos Carrasco, Noah Syndergaard, Marcus Stroman, and then, like, four other people for fifth. Let's talk about those top four for a second. <laughs> that, is, that is an unbelievable. All healthy. Again, we'll see what Syndergaard comes back with. But you have DeGrom, who's the anchor at the top of any rotation. Again, him and Cole just flip-flop one and two as best pitcher. You have Carrasco, who I still think has – I feel like he's – I think he thinks he has something to prove after he, you know, went down with his illness, coming back, wants to prove he's not a sob story. He's a true pitcher. Again, Syndergaard, if he can come back. Illness is – in sports is, is one thing. He had cancer. Yes, I know. I didn't want to say it out loud like that. <laughs> He didn't want to be a sob story. He doesn't want to be the – I mean, I wouldn't want to be either. I don't want to be known as the guy who came back from cancer. Like, it happens, and it happened. But I think he wants to prove, no, he's just a great pitcher. And then Noah Syndergaard will see how he goes. And Marcus Stroman's just straight filthy. He's so good. He's, he's so straight good. filthy. And he's I, – I think he's – just a super smart guy whose approach is legit. But we all know the one thing that's going to hold the Mets back. That bullpen. That bullpen. In the bullpen, yes. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the ownership. I'm talking about that weak, weak bullpen. I still don't trust Edwin Diaz. I was about to say, what do we think about Edwin Diaz this year? Do we think he had a hiccup or – and he comes back, or do we think, oh, oh, this is him? I trust. I think the pressure. I think it's a similar. Oh no, this is similar to Sonny Gray. Oh, and- he can't handle the pressure of New York. Sonny Gray couldn't handle the pressure in New York. Yes, they were trying to change who he was as a pitcher as well by using his p- pitches he didn't like more, but he didn't know how to handle the pressure of the scrutiny. It really is pretty fascinating to see how players with with such talent it's so affected by markets um and it's not always taken into account in new york it is in new york it's 100 i mean it's the toughest market to play even on the mets the mets the the mets are the second team in new york no matter what they do again this is not being me being a yankee fan and biased i still respect the mets but the yankees were here first they will always be the second team but they're still in new york they get the media coverage. They get the same exact media coverage. Do you and going going with going with the Mets? Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to cut you out there. I sorry. It's fine. Uh, it's going with the Mets and touching back on the last part of our conversation, where Lindor is a free agent. What do we think Steve Cohen throws at him prior to him becoming a free agent to lock him down? I feel like Stephen Cohen, who has $14 billion and is a brilliant hedge fund guy, will will find a way to make it to give him the offer. Give him a blank check and go write a number of years and a dollar amount on here, and I will figure it out. I honestly think that Lindor is going to be a Met for life or for the rest of us. For once in their life, sign the guy, get after it, prove they're not the number two team in New York. Prove that they can play with the big boys. They can just sign the people like the Dodgers did with Trevor Bauer. 
I'm sure the Mets made through an offer somewhere, Adam. We'll never know exactly what it is. I'm sure there were numbers in the air. And the Dodgers said, nah, we're just, we want them. Well, so everyone's everyone's criticizing the Mets right now, I think unfairly, because they lost out on Springer. They lost out on Bauer. Uh, they were trying to, they were trying to get them at the analytical price. And at a player like that, you gotta just open up the bank, throw the money. Yeah, you you show them, you show them, you back up the brink truck, as they say. Uh, and I think also factoring in a three hundred plus million dollar payday that they anticipate they're going to have to make for Lindor. Yeah, and but again, getting Lindor was never. It was a trade is never. You, you can't bank on a trade. So I think now it, it now that they have Lindor on their team, they didn't get Bauer, they didn't get Springer. They don't want to go into that mess of shortstops we talked about earlier. Lindor's on your team right now. I think before this, I think before the season starts, they get this done. They get it out of the way. Throw the book at him. Give him everything. Because he's yeah. He's he's a fantastic player who just has no chink in his armor. He's a switch hitting shortstop that can easily be a 30 for 30 30 or 40 40 homers and stolen bases guy while hitting 280 plus. Absolutely. And that smile is made for New York. Yes, and that smile is made for New York and again back to the pressure. He can handle the big pressure cuz he he's been on the big stage and he's he, in the, and the rest of that offense, Mets are going to give the Braves a run for their money. Plus, I the Braves have a way better offense than the Mets do, but the Mets have way better starting pitching. The the Braves have what? Soroka and they lost Max Fried. They lost so no no. They, I was they about lost. to say he injured. No, no. Fulton Avitz, he went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even still, those are not names that come that that are in line with. This. They got Charlie. They got Charlie Morton. That's actually pretty good. That's a really good. It's, That's really good. They got Charlie Morton. Uh, Braves need to sign back Marcelo Zuna. Like, I don't know. They did sign him back. They did sign him back. Okay, we're good. Yeah, I was about to say. Didn't they? Didn't they do that? Because they, they just did that. Yeah, they just did that. I was going to say they need him out there. I was about to say um, you're right on that. You should be running the Braves because that just happened. Yeah, I know. And I think Ronald Acuna is going to follow up. I'm going to jump into that awards thing right now. I think Braves are going to go back-to-back with MVPs. I think Ronald Acuna is going to explode. Love that. He is – so some people know he's he's my favorite non-Red Sox player. I've had him in a uh, league that, Peter, you might be familiar with uh, now, but <laughs> I've had him – uh, for six years, stashed in a minor league spot, uh, waiting on him when he was signed for ten thousand uh, dollars. He's that's, that's a pretty good signing. Um, what he can do is not real. He's he's and and I don't think he had the best twenty twenty. He's he's gonna be a perennial uh, MVP candidate. He'll be in the in the conversation every year, but mm-hmm. I see him winning a couple. And if he wins this year, like you said, and then believe me, 
I think he's going to explode. And I still love that he's the leadoff hitter. I love it. He's amazing. I still I will watch any Braves Marlins game because of Urena when he mm-hmm. hit him with the first pitch. Because uh, well, Urena's not on the Marlins anymore. Oh, he isn't. He's on the Tigers. Ah, well then I'll have to watch any early play. But hold on, let me double check that because I remember seeing him somewhere else, and I was like, oh, that's boring. Yeah. <laughs> Want these two in the same division? Although Acuna's just yep, Jose Urania on the on the um, Tigers. All right. Well, so we we didn't even talk about the Tigers, but there they go. We got we got them in somehow. Oh no, we did for 14 seconds when we said they're going to lose. That's what they're they're entitled to 14 seconds. Hey, we also got to remember the Phillies are still an okay baseball team. They can they can make some moves. I love them. The, the thing is that the NL East is so stacked that you have teams as good as Philly coming in fourth. Because yeah, you're going to have a Philly. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through it. It's... I have them below Atlanta, New York, and Washington. Yeah, I forgot about Washington too. Yeah, they're going to finish fourth, but I think they're going to make they're going to make they're going to make some noise. It's going to be a beat up. Everyone beat on each other division. It's going to be fun as hell. Every night, someone's going to be playing someone else, and it will be meaningful because these teams are all so good. And they're just going to beat the hell out of each other all year, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be phenomenal to watch. I can't. Their, records, their records in the NL East are not going to reflect the true team value. And they never – they haven't – they didn't last year. They, they, they won't no. this year because you'll have teams around 500 who in any other division would be running away with them. And then the only break they get is is playing the Marlins. It's the only break they get. Yeah. Then again, the Sox the Sox get to play the Orioles nineteen times this year, and I still have the Sox coming in fourth in this division. The Yankees get to play the Red Sox and the Orioles nineteen times each. I hate saying <laughs> it so much. I honestly have my favorite team that I always think has a chance. I have them no higher than fourth and only above the team that has 0.0 chance according to Fangraphs. Um, I mean, you want to talk some socks for a second, I can too. I mean, we can jump to the AL East if you want. I think we I think, both. I think we go, I think we go a- AL East and uh, and let's let's hear let's hear your thoughts. Okay. Well, obviously, again, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm not going to be quiet about that. But they're going to win the division. I don't think – I think the Rays got – getting rid of Blake Snell was the dumbest thing they could have ever done. But I think he asked for the trade because he felt like he was slighted by being pulled. The analytics work up until the playoffs. Moneyball proved it. Moneyball said it. They work up until the playoffs. And then you just go with your gut. You go with your gut. You go with the hot hand. That's what the Dodgers did, and look who won. <laughs> I think Yankees are going to win. Severino's going to come back halfway through the season. So you're going to have Garrett Cole, Severino, and I'm still 50-50 on Corey Kluber, but that's the top three in the rotation second half of the year. That's disgusting. The Kluber signing is is such a good – like just. I love it, though. It's He's there yeah. for one reason, to be the grandfather – to these kids, to the Mike Kings, Davey Garcia, Clark Schmidt. He's there to be the old guy to show him the ropes while Garrett Cole is angry on the mound and no one wants to talk to him. 
He's going to be. In case anyone from our from our our league is listening, I I can't I can't say anything, but they have a prospect in their system that might be my favorite prospect in all of baseball. David Garcia. No, no, no. <laughs> which is thank God. Uh, I hate I hate loving a Yankee, um, but I kind of do. Uh, Toronto. Talk to me about Toronto just because we're in the AL East. Toronto is very interesting because they're one of those teams that made a lot of noise in the offseason. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to result in what they think is going to happen. Because it's like the Twins facing the Yankees in the postseason. They led the league in home runs. They were the best in the AL and whatever. And I wasn't eh. – they got to prove it. They can have all the talent in the world, but they got to prove – they got to put a season together. And the Blue Jays getting George Springer, I mean, obviously that's huge. He's going to be such a key component in that outfield. He's going to he's gonna anchor that outfield now. They have an everyday center fielder that's never leaving. One thing we need to remember, they're not – I don't think they're playing at home this year. They're not. They're playing in Florida – do so, Dublin do 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 some something do Dublin I believe it's called yeah uh, so Tampa? that's they're their, not their at home. home they're not at home and they're it's they are in a hotel as yeah, their home. that's it's weird and it's going to be uncomfortable so they have all this talent they got Robbie Ray they got Stephen Matz Tanner Roark they still have Hunjin Ryu which. Pretty much all that tells me is they don't have a true ace of their staff. I feel the same way about Hunting Ryu. When he got their the biggest contract they'd ever signed at $80 million or something like that. Yeah. Until it was, it was biggest until Springer. But they're not they never were big players, but they wanted George Springer. I mean, who wouldn't? They wanted George Springer. And I mean they got him. But really, like outs oh, and they got Marcus Simeon too. That was another good one. Yeah. But outside of that, they have Kevin who's a free agent after this year. I think he's still a free agent after this year. I think he he goes to the bottom, sadly, the bottom of that shortstop list. Yeah, what are we talking about? Sorry. But then, like, we look at the. I'm looking at the rest of the Blue Jays lineup, and a lot of this doesn't look- <laughs> inspire a lot of. <laughs> First baseman Rowdy Telez. Second baseman. They're starting second baseman, Otto Lopez. I don't even know who that is. It's probably going to be Bo Bichette. Wait, isn't it, I was going to say, isn't it Kevin Beach or Bo Bichette? Yeah, it's going to be one of those two, but that's who they have listed as the pure second baseman. They have <laughs> Bo Bichette listed as a shortstop along with Marcus Simeon, so we all know who's going to take second base, who's going to take shortstop. Yeah. Kevin Biggio they have listed as right field. <laughs> George Springer, obviously, is center field. Lourdes Gurriel as left field. Underrated, underrated. Oh, very underrated. But other than George Springer, Marcus Simeon, and Bo Bichette, and Vlad Jr., they have his DH. They don't even have the third base anymore. What about Kevin Biggio? Where's he? Kevin Biggio is listed as right fielder as well. Yeah. So I see a lot of mixing and matching, but I don't see a lot of, again, other than, you know, Really, the people who wow me in that lineup are Springer, Simeon, and I mean Vlad Jr. underperformed, but you still have to respect them. I and Bichette. speaks for itself. I think the the big so the three the three 
at the cornerstones. I guess now four because Springer is going to be a cornerstone too. Yeah. Is Bichette, BGO, and Vladdy. Vladdy Jr. Vladdy Day. Love him. I think that that is as good of a foursome to build around it as there is in baseball. Oh, but it's not ready yet this year. They're not ready yet. They're, they're, they're going to be kind of fun and exciting, but Vlad's got to grow up a little bit more. Bo Bichette's got to grow up a little bit more. They're young and aggressive, and it kind of gets in their own way a little bit. I, that's how I see this year going. They get in their own way just a little bit. And the Yankees will just kind of swat them away. Also, the Yankees, again, I know we're recording and it's not going to play, but I just got the notification on my phone. Brett Gardner just signed back, like right uh, now. And uh, could you see him in any other uniform? He's no, I would, I would have peeped. You just can't see in a, in a non-Yankee uniform. And I have the details right here. It's uh, a, exactly what you expect it to be. One year for $4 million. Dollars. On the not, on the not, not that great podcast. One year, $4 million. <laughs> really? Yep. One year, four million dollars. No funny business. No shenanigans. No options. Just one year. They're going to go year to year with him. He is there solely to make sure Clint Frazier doesn't be an idiot. <laughs> who, who, the, who, he's there to keep Mike Talkman and Clint Frazier from being idiots. Uh, you guys had Greg Bird, who was your, who was the highest of those three, and he went nowhere. I don't even know where what's where he is anymore. On the Rockies, is he minor league deal on the Rockies? Oh, geez. They wanted him so bad to be good because the Yankees love the lefty first baseman. Love, love the lefty first baseman. Yeah, it, it works for them. That's it, why Mike Ford is still around. Great player. No reason to keep him in the, on the roster. <laughs> exactly. All right. So nice. we've, covered, we've covered divisions. We've covered uh, free agents coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and we've covered some pre-arb signings. Yes. Let's talk. Let's talk awards. Okay. I'm talking. I'm talking like the big three: the uh, MVP, Cy Young, and and rookie. Yep. What do you, What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, let's go. With the we'll go. We'll go Cy Young first. I like pitching. I was a pitcher growing up. <laughs> I think NL. It's going to be – I mean, there's not going to be a surprise. It's either going to be DeGrom or Trevor Bauer or Walker Bueller might step up. I don't really see anyone else. I mean – you? No you on the Padres having, having another year like last year? No. The, the reason it's not going to be is – and even this is going to hurt DeGrom too. Honestly, this might be a tougher one that I'm – because now thinking about it, the Padres – Actually, it's probably going to be some Dodgers and Padres are going to beat up on each other all year, and they both have great offenses. And then we talked about how the Mets, Braves, Phillies, and Nationals are going to beat the crap out of each other. I mean, DeGrom always does well against them, but, I mean, it's going to hit his record a little bit. DeGrom does well against everyone. <laughs> yeah, he does well against everyone. That's, that's the one reason why he just keeps winning them, and he's going to just have mantles full of Cy Young awards when he's all said and done. What is his contract right now? How is he not? How is he not in the conversation with the hundreds of millions of dollars? Let me pull up spot track. I'm on I'm on baseball reference here. Yeah. No, I mean I I think that Jacob DeGrom currently is on a five year hundred thirty eight million dollar deal. 
that ends in 2023 with a 2024 team option. Team option. Damn. That's just bad planning. His agent was, <laughs> it was Brody Van Wagen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's amazing. It's I now CAA. His, his agent is CAA Sports, but this is a Brody Van Wagenen deal. It all makes sense. And it happened the year before Brody Van Wagenen took over with the Mets? Yeah, it was 2019 yeah. through 23 <laughs> years. And then a 24 team option. Oh. So, that's oh my God. That's outstanding. Brody right. Van Wagenen haunting us still. So you have the NL. What about the AL? What do you what do you feel for AL? AL, I mean, you got to put Garrett Cole up top there. You know he's going to perform again. Now that uh, Bauer's officially out, um, I'm curious. You like Shane Bieber? Shane Bieber, yeah, obviously he's going to be back for a vengeance. Um, I'm curious to see Lucas Giolito on the Chicago White Sox. I love him. I think, I think as great as he is, he's still underrated. I love him. He's 100% underrated. He was the number one pitching prospect for four years and dominated everything. And then it all fell apart and it had to be reworked. The rework, the, the reworking of mechanics. It was successful as we saw last year. Fun fact, the last two years he's led the league in this starting pitcher in shutouts. That's he's the dude is good. And when I say good, I mean good with a with a capital G. He is great. Like he was only four and three last year. That's fine. But ERA three four eight. It's pretty good. At twelve games, started all twelve. Yeah. No, I I I think that he is not just prime for greatness, he's in the midst of – he's at the beginning of, of making a run that will be great. I love Lucas Giolito. I think he has all the upside in the world. And he threw the no-hitter in the playoffs, right? Or it was close to? I'm trying to remember here. What did he do? I don't think he threw the no-hitter in the playoffs, but he was – He threw a no-hitter last year. He threw a no-hitter last year, definitely. I think – but, no, you know what it was? He was the only player on the White Sox to show up in that series versus the Athletics. Yeah. He showed up. After that, the Athletics just went, okay, you're done. Yeah. And everyone else on the White Sox caved, and that's kind of where I think it would be like with the Blue Jays, that the Blue Jays made it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a name that's going to hurt, hurt Pirates fans given the Garrett Cole situation. But my... Oh, boy. I know Tyler Glass now. It's Tyler Glass now. <laughs> I love Tyler Glass now, and I hate that I do that because he's on the Rays and we have to face him. His ability to just whip it in there, and it's just so easy for him because he's 6,000 feet tall. <laughs> What's he listed at? Tyler Glass now. I love that. Listen to six ten. I don't. Is he really <laughs> six eight? Okay, he's listed at six eight. That's still huge. Uh, he's tiny. Six eight. Oh, this is a this is a 
signed one year, $4 million. So he is, if they don't do anything with him, it's arbitration eligible 2022. And the Rays have, will, will, will have him produce at his highest level and then not be able to pay him when he's eligible to make the big contract. Oh, yeah. So let's see. I'm looking at some of his numbers here. In 2019, in 12 games started, in 2019, in 12 games started, he had a 1780 RA. Yeah. That's pretty good. And the Rays were good in 2019, so it wasn't like he was a schmuck coming up and like no one cared. Rays were good in 2019, and he came up. And I know there was injuries and everything after that, but he came up slinging it in there. Not the most uh, baseball-y analysis here, but I saw a picture of him on Instagram, and he might be the most jacked player I did not expect to be jacked. Yes, that's the best way to describe it. You don't expect it. (laughs) Yasiel Puig, we all know he's a mammoth. Yeah. Tyler Glass now comes in. What the hell? He had weird lines that I didn't know went between muscles. It was weird. But when you're six eight, those need to be there to support your structure. I guess so. All right, so we've got Cy. Give me MVP. MVP. I mean, I'm not going to play around here. It's probably going to be Mike Trout again in the AL. The guy just literally does anything baseball wise cool. Everything he does is cool. He just does everything great, everything right. There, there's no. It's just so good. It's so annoying. <laughs> um, in the NL. God, we can go a lot. We can go 18 different ways with this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see Lindor coming over and just absolutely smoking the scene. That's what I had. Lindor. I mean, you can have him do that. You can have Tatis Jr. just appear out of nowhere. Well, not appear out of nowhere, but actually earn his money on this contract. Or we can have the Braves have a back to back MVP player and have Ronald Acuna take another, take a leap forward. You haven't you haven't even brought up any of the players on the Dodgers, which several of them could be in contention. <laughs> wait, 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 you're muted. Jump on. Say that again. Peter? Yep, we're here. All right, good. Um, there's too much talent on the Dodgers, so they're all gonna eat each other. They're all gonna kind of just be at one level. I, I, I think that they, they will definitely steal off each other's plates. I think the, 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 the reason Mike Trout keeps winning MVP titles is because he's like up here on his team and the rest is like over here. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Dodgers, you have like everyone up here. Bellinger and Mookie are like here. Mm-hmm. And like Walker Bueller are like here. And everyone else is like here. Yeah. So the the notice of the player on the team is kind of taken away. I think they re-signed Justin Turner today officially. Yeah, Justin Turner's back. I mean, he's not in that. I don't. No. I wouldn't put him up in that. Did you Kim Nash? No, he's a great player. He's a Dodger for life. If he would have been anywhere else, it would have been weird. Yeah, I totally same. He's the Brett Gardner of the NL. Also, that beard only works in certain colors. <laughs> It would clash. It would. It wouldn't look right. Like if he went to like, see, like I don't know. Imagine him in in an Indian's uniform with that beard. I, yeah, <laughs> I can't. 
Yeah. So I have Lindor. Yeah. Uh, but only because I think that the New York effect is gonna is gonna be inverse to what it is for most people on him. No. I think he's going to absolutely thrive. He's going to relish it. He loves it. He was a big personality in Cleveland. Like he wanted the he wanted to be the center of attention in Cleveland. If you want to have one of those perma smiles on your face, go and look up highlights from the Puerto Rico series. Yeah, he was from Puerto Rico. He was through the he was over the moon the whole he time. He hit home run, and you could tell the entire entire island was was ready for him. Had that had the same smile, yeah. had the exact same smile. Yeah, it's just so great. I think uh, Lindor is going to be a very. I like him in New York, even though he's on the Mets. I love him in New York. I think he's going to take advantage of this opportunity, and I think the Mets need to see that opportunity and sign him big. I I totally agree. They need to throw everything at him early on in this year because it, the price is only going to go up. I think before the season starts, just get it done. Just do it, and and I'm not, I'm not certain that that Stephen Cohen hasn't been doing that already. He hasn't been trying, and it will get it done. I think when he walks into camp on day one, gets his welcome packet inside his welcome packet, better be a blank check. <laughs> amazing! I would welcome love to, welcome to welcome to New York, Francisco. Here's your welcome packet. You'll see a nice little present on page two. <laughs> Just sign it. Write something in. I love it. Write write an amount of time and an amount of money, and I will figure it out. Absolutely. And he will. And he will. It's going to be great. Now, rookies are really tough to to pick because you'll have some of the best prospects in the game sitting in the minors for a while just because of team circumstance. Yeah, you don't know who's going to come up. You don't know who's going to – if who comes up explodes. You don't know anything about rookies. You never can tell how they're going to take the big show. What we do know, though, is as of today, where with spring training coming, we do know a handful of players that are getting invites. Yes, we know a handful of players are getting invites. We can assume some of these players are going to make the major league roster. It would be great. And, oh, God, I can't even sit here and – like I have a bunch, I have a page up here that just has like, you know, pro, like, pro, like I, yeah, I'm looking at projected ones, and I'm like, it, it could literally be any of them. It could. However, I I do feel that if and when Wander comes up, he's he's a projected 80 grade player. That's it. That doesn't happen. No. And uh, projected at like 65, 70, like yeah. And that's a great player. A yeah. great player. I think that he's gonna he's gonna break camp. He's been he's been in the minors for a couple of years now. He's gonna break camp with the big league club and he is going to show the world who he is. On the NL side, the problem is is I think he's the best rookie. I don't think the San Diego Padres uh, roster, I don't think their rotation has the space for Mackenzie Gore? No. But if, if he is brought up and given the time to show the world what he can do, I think Mackenzie Gore is the NL Rookie of the Year. Then again, 
the caveat is any one of these players could and will be brought up. I think the reason they got all these major league pitchers is they just didn't want to bring them up this year. Do you think they're they're going to hold them back for some service time? I think that I think that's exactly what they're doing. I think what they did was they they get all these pitchers to go against the Dodgers. You can't risk a rookie go if they're in the, facing a team like the Dodgers. I don't think you put your you. I don't think you put your your everything in a rookie like that. I mean, that's way too much pressure for the kid. He's going to come up. And you know the game, the first game he ever plays against the Dodgers is just magically going to be like a you know it's going to be a series that matters and somehow some way it's going to mistakenly be Clayton Kershaw even though you shouldn't do that to the poor kid. <laughs> and I think they got all these major league arms to just say this is our this is our pitching rotation. If something was to happen, well then yeah we could bring him up, but we don't want to have that. I think it takes the pressure off of him as well as, you know, let's say they didn't get, let's say they didn't get John Musgrove. Okay. Let's pull one of those guys out. That puts a question mark in there. Now he's in that question mark constantly. They filled it with major league guys so that there's no question mark. It's Paddock. It's Lamont. It's Darvish. It's Snell. It's Musgrove. There's no questioning that starting rotation. It's going to be so good. And those are five three and aboves, and three of those five would be ones on most teams. That's amazing. And it's going to be – I'm so excited for the – I am so excited for the Padres this year. It's not even – I just love how aggressive they were. They went – they got – they went everywhere. Yeah. One negative the Padres did was lose Kirby Yates. They did. That's a big, that's a big negative. Big, you're absolutely right. It is a demerit against them. But what's their bullpen look like? It's not pretty. Uh, <laughs> they have the closers listed as Drew Pomeranz and Emilio Pagan. Okay. Um, I'm looking Trey Winnegar, Jose Castillo, and then after that, it's. No one of note. Like, yeah, I mean they're, they're gonna they're gonna probably slide Drew Pomeranz over to closer. I think is what's gonna happen. Emilio Pagan will be the setup man. Pomeranz is the closer as a uh, as a former Red Sox. That scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, he showed his stuff. He was able to do it, but it was with the Giants and kind of with them, but like. The dude wanna he's he's good. He's good. But they had Kirby Yates. They they should they should have Kirby Yates. Okay, so <laughs> we've touched on a, a lot of good topics. We've, we've covered divisions, we've covered pre-arb signings, we've covered free agent markets coming up, and some predictions for the major awards. My question to you, Peter Longo, <laughs> World Series and champion. World Series matchup? (laughs) I think... I mean, it's just easy to say the Dodgers, but that's boring. Then again, boring at times is just right. 
I know. I don't want to. Yeah, I know, but I want to. I want to reach for it. I'm gonna go. You know what? I think the Braves are gonna find something this year that they they lost last year. I think the Braves are gonna find something in them that wasn't there in the playoffs last year when they just got smoked. And I think they're going to be able to push through. I think Max Freed is definitely an ace of that staff. I think Freddie Freeman pretty much matches what he just did. And I think as long as Acuna takes that next step, I think as if Acuna takes that next step, Ozzy Albies playing exactly how he plays, how he's always played. He's so consistent. That team has a lot of danger elsewhere other than those guys. But if those guys are all playing at the levels they can play at, it's dangerous. From the AL, it's probably uh, – like I look at it, Yankees are probably going to be in the ALCS, and it's probably going to either be Chicago or I don't think Tampa gets back. They lost a few key pieces. They also lost Alvarado. The bullpen got a little bit weaker. They've lost a couple of people. Houston could sneak back in, but the loss of George Springer, I think, is going to rear its head in the playoffs because, I mean – he finds another gear that no one else has in the playoffs. Oakland can do it and Chicago could do it. But I think if it's Chicago and New York in the ALCS, I don't see, I don't see Chicago beating New York. So you got New York and uh, Atlanta in the world series who wins. Can I, (laughs) being a Yankee fan, everyone's going to hate me for it, but. Oh, don't worry. Everyone already hates you. That's fine. <laughs> if the Dodgers make it, Dodgers are winning the whole thing. But if the Atlanta Braves make it, I think the Yankees can beat Atlanta in seven. I sadly, sadly think that you are right in that statement. If ah. the Do- I think the Dodgers truly are going to make it to the World Series. I just want the Braves to do it. <laughs> no, I really want the Braves to be there. I unfortunately have the Dodgers beating the Braves. But I yeah I do too. I really have the Dodgers beating. I really have it being Dodgers Yankees. Dodgers win again because that starting pitching staff is just stupid. Yeah, they're, they're ridiculous. They're, they're, rude. I have seen the Dodgers lose in the World Series, which was awesome. So yeah, I, they lost I, in the World Series to the Red Sox. Cheaters. Well, yeah, and cheaters. No. <laughs> well, the Red Sox aren't cheaters. The the Astros. Have that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's what I meant. <laughs> I, I have I have Oakland coming out of the AL. I I, I just I wanted to be a little kind wow. of that team, and I think I I think that they they've got it together. It's been a couple of years with this foundation. They made it to what the ALDS last year. Yeah, they did. They made it to the wild card round. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they're gonna push uh, a little further, and I am gonna have them losing to the Dodgers in the World Series because the Dodgers are just that good. Uh yeah, I, I I really think. I mean, let's be honest here. Barring injury, the Dodgers are head and shoulders above everyone else. 
They have two MVP candidates in their outfield. Two Bellinger won an MVP, right? Yeah, two former MVPs oh, in their outfield. Oh, Belly is a former MVP. They have three former Cy Young Award winners in their starting staff. Unbelievable. They have two future Cy Young Award winners in their starting staff. They have a the old, what's their bullpen look like? I want to find a weakness in the Dodgers. Kenley Jansen still, right? Kenley Jansen still. They got Tommy Canley. They not? got Tommy tight pants. Why Tommy not? thunder thighs. <laughs> they got Blake. Tr- oh my God. Holy crap. Why did I think they were weak? They have Kenley Jansen at the end, Tommy Canley, Blake Trinan, who I still think underperformed last year. Oh my God! They have Gratterall. I think is still listed. He's still Gratterall a really is is the is a future closer in this game. Gratterall is a future closer who's going to be paid huge. Corey Newble, who was good on the Brewers last year. Yeah. Joe Joe Kelly. We can't forget him. Oh, I love Joe Kelly so much. Oh my God! And the starting staff. I mean, he got one of the biggest standing ovations I've ever seen in the Garden for at a Bruins game. Julio Urias isn't even listed as a potential starter. He's their number five, I thought. It's it, well, it should be Dustin May, but I think right right now, I think it'll open the season as Julio, and then we'll see Dustin May slide in because I think Julio Dustin May. was the most talented sixteen-year-old on the planet. Yeah, he is anyone that anyone that wrote him off by nineteen. I can't wait to laugh in their face. Because the kid is so good and will be so good. They just were looking at a 16-year-old playing Major League Baseball. Oh, my God. I literally can't find a weakness on this team. It's so good. Well, they're also – they're the only team in the division over the luxury tax, and they're, I think, 50 over the luxury tax. Well, I mean, let's look at some of these contracts on that team. And we'll talk about that later. Um, I think the only weakness is that A.J. Pollock's going to get hurt. <laughs> that's the only weakness I see. I don't see anything else. Uh, but we're catchers, so- we have Will Smith and Austin Barnes. Those are solid backstops, and they're going to be there every day. And Will Smith can call a game. Will Smith got, can call a game. You got Gavin Lux at second base. That kid is going to get better. Matt Muncie last year. He, 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 was, he was going for it. Yeah. Max Muncie. Gonna be a first again. That he's on. He's he, so fantastic. He just comes up with big hit after big hit in big games. I guess third base is our weak spot. I don't know who Matt Beatty or Edwin Rios is. Yeah, well, Justin Turner's back now, so there we go. So they'll push. He'll push someone. Yeah, he's, he's not gonna play. Corey Seager. Then you got Mookie Betts and Bellinger every day in the outfield. And then AJ Paul could get injured at some point. I mean, but the, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but they're yeah. Actually, here's a fun question: Who's going to be the day one starter? Ooh, Not the Dodgers. Who's going to be the day one starter? I go Walker. I go Walker Bueller. Okay, that's what I'm, I'm thinking. I mean, they do that. Trevor Bauer is their is their ace, so he's probably going to be it. He'll be the number one starter in the playoffs. But Walker Bueller is their future. Oh yeah, well, no, Walker Bueller is the next side. I think he's. I think he's he gets so a I think he gets a Cy Young in the next three years. I honestly 
fully believe that. I would put money on that. I think he gets it in the next three years. And I think David Price kind of fades into the mist on the Dodgers, which is kind of scary. I think he already faded. Uh, Well, yeah, he took the year (laughs) off. I'm not going to lie to you. I love him. The Red Sox are still paying him $16 million this year and next year, Mm -hmm. which is great because we have the second highest payroll and the, what, 28th best team? (laughs) Actually, speaking of payroll, I read something funny. You're gonna you're gonna love this one. When Fernando Tatis's contract is up, guess who else's contract is up? Not yet. I believe you're talking about one Bobby Bo. Yes, I am. They they they're still paying him one more. No, year. no, no. His contract will be up the same year Fernando Tatis's 14 year deal is up. That is the most brilliant move by any agent. I love it. I love it. They turned like three million dollars deferred into forty million dollars. The Mets always players. Like I looked, I looked at the Red Sox deferred payments, and it's it's Manny for the next fucking thirty years. Oh, we can swear by the way. Uh, It's Manny for the for for the next like ten years. Yep. And it all began with Bobby Bo. Yeah. The man turned $1 million into $30 million. Yankees did a similar thing with A-Rod. Just, they paid a lot more just to get rid of him. <laughs> well, I mean, he was... I dead. hate to say this, but he's actually done really... He do, he's, he's actually good to watch on TV. I love A-Rod. He's great. I hate to say this. Everyone needs to put the steroid thing aside. I have a very <laughs> controversial opinion when it comes to steroids. I have a very <laughs> controversial opinion. Hit pitcher it. shouldn't take it. No. Pitcher shouldn't take it because it just makes them better. Batter, all it does is make his make his ability make him stronger to hit home runs. But you know what you still have to be able to do? Is hit, hit the damn the baseball. You know how hard that is? Uh, according know? to Ted Williams, it's the hardest thing on the planet. Yes, it is the hardest thing on the planet. So I think baseball batters taking steroids honestly should not be made that big of a deal. If they got the home runs, you can have anybody taking steroids and miss the ball every time. Yeah. It's it's a performance enhancing. It's a performance enhancing, I know, but I don't think the steroids should be as big of a deal for the hitters. Put Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. He still had to square up pitches. Hey, I I I hated the fact that I took that stance in the last baseball pod. I uh I I did not expect myself to. But I went all in on bearing bonds. Roger Clemens shouldn't go in. Yeah. No, Roger Clemens shouldn't go in, but put Barry Bonds in. Put him in. All right. It's, I, it's, hitting I, a baseball is the hardest thing ever to hitting, do. Hitting a sphere with a cylinder. Physically. Coming at you at an average speed of 96 miles an hour which is kind of fast from 60 feet away where you, ha- if you blink, you actually miss it. The saying is true. It is true. You're, you're dealing with things in the speed of blinks. Like to be an a- to be an average hitter, you have to have something like 10, 10 vision, which is superhuman. Yeah. I have 20, 20 vision. I do I'm not. Saying that's not enough. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing glasses that give me, Less than 2020. 
Exactly. And, they they have know, to. Have- I, I played baseball and I loved it. I would wear contacts. I yeah. didn't. And I'm the, the, you can't see the spin on the ball if you don't have good enough vision. Is people talking about seeing the spin is because they actually have superhuman vision. They have this ability to see things that normal people like me and you can't see. It's amazing. And, and then they, they have the physical ability to then match the bat to the ball. It's crazy. All right. Well, as we talk about the fundamentals of baseball, I think that uh, the preview has gone very well. I, uh, I would love to ask you, Peter, how do you think your first podcast went? It was fun. A little interesting for me trying to figure out my flow. Never anywhere. I think you did a phenomenal job. I think you are a fantastic analyst, and I can't wait to do this again. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the MLB 2021 not that great, as we always say, not that great. It was not that great. MLB preview, manage your expectations, although we're, we are right. We are right. I'm always right. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> and that's why we, we bring him on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I think you've done a wonderful job, Peter. And Thank you for having me. Oh, you're and I look forward to many, many more. You are welcome back anytime. Camille, hit the music. <laughs>